I mean, is everybody ready for the most part? Should we cheers before we start? Cheers, everybody, to a good time. I'm doing one of these with just water. So hey, us too. Yep, just water. (laughs) Usually, I get a little toasted while I'm doing these things. Hello, and welcome to PA Traveler Podcast. As always, I am your host Kenny Dodson, and I'm here with my lovely co-host Charlie. Charlie, hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm pretty good. I thought maybe we should like bring a little extra element to this one, just off the get go. Um, we usually do, you know, audio and video, but what about smell? We never do smell vision for the audience. They don't know there it's, they need to be here with us. So I'm just going to say, I, I reek like a campfire right now. Oh, wow. Do you guys reek like anything at the moment or, (laughs) uh, actually every time I do a happy hour with our guests that we're going to talk to in a second. I always put on the H2 Ocean products. So, of course, <laughs> of course, that's what I smell right now. <laughs> what does that smell like? Uh, the sea and relaxation. So, fish? <laughs> no, 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 Dead no, no, no. Fish? Like, okay. sea, salt, <laughs> sea salt and just, it's beautiful. I get what you're saying. Next time, <laughs> next time we see you, I'm going to put some on you and you're going to be like, this is amazing. What about, but what about our, you, Ben? What are you rocking right now? Well, not to be a copycat, but I am covered in H2O products. I My goal since pandemic was to feel like I'm on vacation because I refuse to give in to the negativity that is involved with the immense loss that COVID has created. And so I put on the H2O products. It's like sea salt, eucalyptus, but I'm also covered. And I mean covered in Armani code. And people always ask me, why do you put on cologne before you work virtually? And it's to make me feel like I'm at work. I cannot live in a world where I am Edna Turnblatt and hairspray. (laughs) I have got to be present and the scents and the showers and the shaving and the eyebrow waxing and the nails, the whole thing, that's what keeps me current and alive and present. And so I do all those things to make sure I can feel all the feelings and be as present as possible. So it's a very actor motivation type thing. I actor or like (laughs) hippie or like whatever it grounds me that's it 100 percent. there you go well i i'm leading you in i said actor charlie you want to introduce our awesome guest here so our guest today is known by a couple of different names most uh popularly at equity ben on instagram he's a well-known orlando actor he Worked for a certain place for a while, but now he is a, due to the pandemic, a stay-at-home comedian versus a in, in-person comedian. But he's also known as Goody Ben because he wrote a children's book called Goody Ben Makes Lemonade that teaches kids it's okay to have a bad day. And it's a phenomenal book. If you haven't gotten it, go to Amazon, get your copy. We have several. We give them as gifts for baby showers and such. It's just hilarious. He has a TikTok following of uh, how many, Ben? How many at this point? 215,000 TikTok friends. And what's your name on TikTok? I always... Equity Ben. Unfortunately, some 
clown <laughs> has my screen name, so it's equity.ben. Oh, okay. And I wake up, I make myself <laughs> a cup of coffee, I scroll through TikTok, and then I report his account every day. <laughs> One day, one day, I, tr- I tried to see how to get verified today because I assume once I'm verified, I'll be able to get my screen name. But there's no process on TikTok. They just do it. Okay. So long story short, I just sold one of my videos to MTV, and I'm hoping that press gets me verified and maybe I could get my screen name. Maybe that's like one of those deals back in the dot-com boom where they're like, oh, yeah. Walmart doesn't have one yet. I'm going to buy their domain. Maybe he, oh, maybe he's a fan of yours on a different platform or something. That That's actually a problem right now on TikTok. People are going live as TikTok celebrities, actual celebrities from the real world on TikTok. They're not verified. They're just playing back old celebrity live streams from their Instagram page. And people wow. are sending gifts to those celebrities and so those people are getting paid to go live with old lives f- previously recorded from actual celebrities like wow. The Rock. What you just yeah. said people, is like people a, have a lot of guts. Yeah, what you just said <laughs> is like a double-edged sword. You just gave a lot of people uh, ideas, but you're also cracking down by getting that information out there. So, I mean, I'm never going to do it. For <laughs> my entire life, I have always tried to make money as black and white as possible because that stuff bites you in the tuchus. Yeah, definitely won't don't want to be in trouble with the IRS, especially not right now. <laughs> I'm just like referring to karma. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> the IRS. There, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. As a Jew, I will never have an issue with the IRS. Everything is to the T. Also, my mother is a CPA, which I have a very funny story about that, because this year I had to give her my PayPal information. And unfortunately, I bought an adult novelty through PayPal and had to explain that to my mother, who is my accountant. Can you write that one off? (laughs) Unfortunately, (laughs) I asked. Unfortunately, because it was not for my business and it was most definitely for my pleasure, I couldn't write it off. I mean, it's your personal business, so... That's that's true. That's true. She said, if you did it on camera, we could write it off. And I didn't. That's good. Oh, please. Well, I mean, I know there's people out there that would pay for that. Not on TikTok, though. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, no, that's that's a different platform. Yeah, that's a TOS violation, most likely. (laughs) So, Ben, we've touched on, you know, you're we're in times of COVID and you can't have live shows. How have you how, how hard has it been to adjust to doing your comedy virtually? I have to say it has been a very easy transition. The thing I miss is the applause and the laughter. However, there is no commute. I have the best dressing room in the world because it's my bedroom and my bathroom's right there as opposed to, and I'm not kidding, I have dressed in recreational vehicles in the back of my car. I have dressed in men's restrooms next to office men peeing in urinals. So being at home and having all of the comforts at home and being able to create everything at home has been a huge luxury to me and also something that is not necessarily been extended to my colleagues, people and friends with 
way more talent, way better credits aren't huge on these social media platforms. And so because of that, they don't have access to creating the types of virtual events that I've been able to create. And by virtual events, for for those that don't know, Ben has written several shows about the Golden Girls. He does a spoof. He did one for Halloween, one for Christmas. There, What was the other one? Oh, my gosh. I did a Labor Day themed episode where the Golden Girls visited Walt Disney World. That's right. Okay. Yes. I knew that was the one that I could not remember for the life of me and neither could Nate. I was like, uh, well, I'll just ask. <laughs> that was our very, that was my very first episode. My favorite thing about writing these Golden Girls parodies most definitely is being in the position to hire amazing talent, out-of-work actors, and putting them to work, allowing their following to see them on stage again. To me, that's better than anything else. And with those events, because they're live on YouTube, people comment along. So oh, yes. Almost feel like you are in a theatrical setting. You get to see the laughter. You get to see the applause. You get to see the comments. That's kind of fun and exciting. Yeah, yeah we, I, we definitely love those. Yeah, I watch a couple of live streamers every now and then, and they said something very similar to that just today. They're like, it's almost like, you know, part movie, part game, part theater, where people actually, you can look at your little chat window and people respond to you and be like, you know, you know what you're doing or how they feel about it instantly, which is cool, which is similar to probably what applause on the stage. Oh, most definitely. Things that don't happen at stand up shows, people don't talk along with your show. So it is exciting that you get to read along and see those comments while you're performing. For me, I try to go live daily, especially on TikTok, because it really does help create a following. And in my world, there is always something to talk about. And I don't know why God has graced me with the talent to make, you know, dog crap funny, but he has. And so <laughs> and that comes up, we talk about it and we make it funny. And believe me, there are plenty of people in this world that don't find me amusing. And those people just don't follow along and join in on the antics. Yeah, they're they're not your people. <laughs> Oh, no, they are, they are not my people. I don't know whose people they are, but they're not my people. <laughs> and you also do, again, for our listeners that are not familiar with you, hopefully they will be by the end of this, you also do ticketed happy hours, which I am, my husband and I go to because they're very fun. Um, and you, you have done singing, drive-by singing telegrams, uh, socially distanced happy hours in person featuring the at equity Bellini, a cocktail that my husband handcrafted and we serve for our VIP guests at my in-person standup shows. And it is delicious. Just so good. Kenny, when we move, we're going to whip up some. I was going to say what's in for it. Sure. It is coconut rum, pineapple juice, lime and a sweet white wine like a moscato oh you actually told me <laughs> i thought it sounded like well, a, he didn't give you the measurement i thought it sounded so. like a super secret thing <laughs> proprietary no, uh, for uh, i will never be that schmuck <laughs> i'll be a schmuck but i'll never be that schmuck you and can 
uh, believe me, you can rip off what I do, but the best part of at Equity Ben is I'm me and authentic. No one will ever be able to be me. So I don't mind letting people in on the secrets because there's no way that you can do what I do because you're not me. So Kenny, you'll come up with a cocktail and you'll make it your way and then it'll be your cocktail or your joke. When you tell a joke that you've heard me tell, you'll tell it your way and it's your joke. I see how that works. All right. Well, I'll so, watch all your stories and rip everything off. <laughs> Thanks for telling me. Sorry, <laughs> you would not be the first and you won't be the last. Yeah. Equity so, Ben speak- on TikTok is doing it right now as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> Oddly enough, the man just has my screen name, my face and no posts. He doesn't follow anybody. He has 10,000 followers, which is really annoying, <laughs> but he has no, sorry, that's so annoying. I, you'll probably have to edit that out, but okay. he, I, I'm going to have to fill that cup up a few times. He has no, no videos posted and I don't get it. What is the end deal? I'd buy it from him if he'd let me. Did you tell him that's that? That's probably the most annoying part. Did you DM well, him and let him know that? You can't. Oh. If you don't, if if somebody doesn't follow you on TikTok, they can't. That this is, by the way, is my favorite part of TikTok. <laughs> if somebody doesn't follow you on TikTok, they can't send you a message. I like that. Meaning, like, like Charlesy, if you follow me, but I don't follow you back, I, you can't send me a message. Hmm. Which is great because there's no weirdos saying, hey, <laughs> can I see pictures of your feet? <laughs> <laughs> Which is not. Kenny, I know you don't know me as well as Charles e, but that is most definitely not even a joke. Yeah, oh, I'm sure that, it's not. That happened. I'm sure it's not a joke. <laughs> um, so you, me- you mentioned being a schmuck. That's a good segue into your twice a week cooking show. Any schmuck can cook on Instagram. On Mondays and Thursdays via my Instagram live stream, I created a comedy cooking show where I tackle recipes I have never read before. 14 months ago, I was put on furlough with my full-time job. So I lost my job, I lost my nanny, and I lost my will to live. So I – that's a joke, by the way. You can laugh. (laughs) Okay. I I was forced to – start cooking for the family and I have never cooked before. And so my husband bought all the food, laid out the recipe and said, get to work, sweetheart. And that's what I did. And I thought it was funny that I didn't know what I was doing. So I started just posting clips of myself cooking. And literally by the end of the day on day one, I had somebody sponsoring an episode. They said, do this again. So I called one of my dear friends who is a local artist. She's a furloughed actor as well. And she created my, all of my, animation for my show. She actually illustrated my children's book. She's amazing. So she created the title sequence for my cooking show. And since then I do two days a week, Mondays and Thursdays via my Instagram stories, this comedy cooking show called any schmuck can cook, which has been featured by, I can't believe I'm saying this, but it has been featured by legitimate celebrity chefs. 
The the first one of note that ripped off his opening, he asks for people to send in videos and it's his little thing is, oh, hello, I didn't see you there. <laughs> and, you know, he asks for videos. Well, the pioneer woman, her daughter follows Ben. So well, she did well, an opening like that. She followed me until I made fun of her mother. I don't think she followed <laughs> me anymore. <laughs> well, you do that in people. your stories a full video like in stories right like is that something that oh, he'll go live too okay but usually they don't uh stick around right like it's something if you don't That's if you don't catch it you lose it and i was always i was kind of curious when i saw that i was like what is this any schmuck can cook thing that's in her uh you know story that she's sharing and i started watching a couple or one of them and i'm just like wait a minute does this disappear so what's <laughs> what's the reasoning behind that that it doesn't like stay in your feed or Anything like that. So I'm a live creator, right? Mm-hmm. I do my stand-up shows live. I do all of my theatrical performances live. Now, don't get me wrong. I'll film a commercial because I'd love to drive a Tesla. <laughs> and the fact of the matter is that's where the real money is. But that's not where my passion lies. Mm-hmm. So to keep things as honest, sincere, and real to me as possible, they got to disappear. So so the Instagram story, since they legitimately disappear, was as close to live as I could get. Plus, I'm literally creating and posting at the same time. So you are watching me cook somewhat edited. You know, it, it, it has been fun to learn how to edit and make these shows look a little more professional. But still, I want it to come across as a live entertainment option. And um, Kenny, I'm not, I don't think you know about this cause it's done now, but every day for an entire year, Ben read a good night story to kids via um, Instagram live. Was it 8 PM every night? 8 p.m. Every night. Every night for 365 <laughs> nights. That's awesome. Were you reading to he your own kids and just recorded it along with it or what? That's how it started. A little show that started on St. Patrick's Day. The only date that my dear sweet daughter knows. I'll say, when's your birthday? She says March 17th because I've said March 17th so many times. <laughs> So I read Green Eggs and Ham, March 17th, 2020, and I called it Hashtag Bentime Stories, and that became a sponsored live show, again, every single night, even on vacation, even when, well, you know, I haven't gone anywhere, so I really haven't been sick, but legitimately, it never ended, and I started going a little cuckoo, so towards the end, I decided I wasn't going to continue after a year, mostly for my sanity, and I wanted to move on to something else, but I did that for a complete year, and at the end, on day 365, I debuted my children's book, Goody Ben Makes Lemonade. Can I just say, when he read that, Nate and I both cried. We were like, oh, the book. It's so good. <laughs> Did it make you insane because it was too easy to read? So you graduated to like young adult novels. Is that what happened afterwards? <laughs> that would be you read Twilight. I wish that were the reasoning. The fact of the matter is, it sounds so simple. It's 10 minutes, right? From 8 to 8, 10, 8, 15 p.m. But the issue is 
the star of the show was my three-year-old daughter. Mm -hmm. So that meant dinner had to be at six, so bath could be at seven, so show could be at eight, which means we couldn't go to movies. You know, there were lots of drive-in movies. We missed out on all of that. We couldn't go to the beach. We couldn't do family walks. All the things that we normally would do had to be pushed aside. Now, granted, it gave me income. It, it brought, it generated money into a world that I didn't have any money. So we've moved on to creating other forms of content that allow me to have essentially, I, I essentially a stay-at-home dad lifestyle. Sure. I bet she loved being the star of it, though. I'm sure she got a kick still, out of that. I mean, she's still... She's still the star. Mm -hmm. She most definitely knows. She knows every single one of my TikTok videos by heart. If she's in it, she knows it 100% by nice. heart. And she's so freaking cute. Uh, she knows it. I mean, she knows it. She uh, knows how to steal your heart. That is definitely my daughter. So Ben replaced the Ben time story with Equity Ben's joke of the day now. And he tells dad jokes every day. <laughs> Oh, I mean, man. you call them dad jokes. I would call them kid jokes. Oh, yeah. I, a lot of people are like, why are they, you know, come to me? Why are they so cheesy? And it's like, you want the good stuff? Come to TikTok. Here's the thing. I am a family friendly comedian because people know me essentially for my 15 years in the Actors Equity Association at Walt Disney World. Now, not a lot of people know this, but I didn't get my equity card from Disney. I am an equity actor from outside of Disney and Disney just offered me 15 years of employment. So I'm so used to keeping content family friendly and those people on Instagram are going to get that family friendly content and you want the good stuff come to TikTok where it's not as family friendly or an ad equity been happy hour. Oh, the ad equity been happy hour is just my stand up show, but on steroids. Still, I that's awesome the, that you get to yeah. do all this stuff like during this time. And it's actually been, I don't know if it's more profitable for you, but it's been very profitable for you, which is good. I mean, talking money is super tacky, but I did legitimately buy that Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. But that was that was off of a commercial booking pre-pandemic, correct? Yes. Long yeah. story short, we were going to buy a Chevy Bolt. We have solar panels on our house. And the idea that the sun would charge the vehicle that we drive and that we're completely off the grid, technically, not legally by the state of Florida, right. <laughs> technically we're off the grid. So we make all of the, we make all of the energy that we use daily, including what we use in the Tesla through the sun. So then we booked this commercial and the check finally came for that commercial and we decided instead of buying the bolt, we would, we would, what else would we do with that money? We would put it into savings. So we didn't put it into savings and we bought the Tesla and it has been a dream car. I thought you're going to be like, so we bought the bolt and then we set it on fire and then bought the Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> well, according to the internet, the Tesla is the one catching on fire. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Eek. Absolutely insane. Of course, my overtly Jewish mother is like, I don't think you should be driving that car anymore. I saw on the Internet that it caught on fire. I was like, Mom, did you see why it caught on fire? The dum-dum wasn't driving the car. He said it on. You have to hold the wheel. Tesla tells you to hold the wheel. She, his wife, was sleeping in the back and he was in the passenger seat. Like, of course, the car caught on fire. What were you expecting? I mean, that's a little less dumb than something I personally know from a friend. 
he uh, was just learning how to drive and he, he they're like, yeah, put it on cruise control. It'll keep it at the same speed. So he did the exact same thing you just said. He took his hands off the wheel and I'm screaming, it's not autopilot. <laughs> like It keeps your speed. You have to still drive the car. Oh, geez. It sounds like you've got a, a great friend a, with a death wish. Yeah, he's still alive. So. Oh, That's thank good. goodness. Maybe my screaming uh, uh, kept us both alive. I will alive. say I we go to the beach once a week now because we're only about an hour from the beach. So we have dinner on the beach usually on either a Tuesday or a Wednesday night. And I'll, I joke. I sleep in the car. My daughter sleeps in the car. And then my husband on the way there, he sleeps in the car because it really <laughs> does drive itself. It's this magnificent car. Yeah, I'm curious as to where it's going to be in the future. It's like, are we all going to be napping and get get more stuff done at nighttime because we have less need for sleep? I look at it this way. If everybody was in an autonomous car, there would be no car accidents. That is true. The car accidents that Tesla have been through aren't because of the Tesla. It's because of idiots who aren't a computer. We'll all be a computer one day. Probably in our lifetimes. That sounds great. I've definitely worked with those people, so I don't disagree with that statement. <laughs> so, okay, Ben. You have, and an, I don't know like how, how public you make this, but you do deal with anxiety. Yes. Correct? How does that translate into y- your comedy show? Like, does it make you more fearful or is there like a switch that flips when you go on stage and you're like, yeah, I'm good. Let's go. So the issue along with anything is the more you do something, the more comfortable you get at it. So if I was, if I were doing a huge musical and I only had a certain amount of shows for that musical, there's no way in heck that I would get anxiety for that show because it's so new and exciting and the anxiety wouldn't stream in. But for instance, at Disney, I was there for 15 years. I had done some of those shows literally, and I'm not joking, 10,000 times. I mean, legitimately 10,000 times. So at that point, there's lots of room for anxiety. It just comes in and you kind of you kind of just feel it. But of course, with for me, this is an awful way to live as a person. But as an actor, we're told the show must go on. And so you just finish the show. Yeah. I mean, how do you manage to not hate it by the 10,000th time? I'm going to break the fourth wall, Kenny, and just be completely honest. You do hate it. Okay. There are times you do hate it. I, uh, like with anything, though, I mean, think about it. How many times can, um, you know, I'm trying to think of. Uh, can someone say puddle at you? <laughs> how many times can Carol Channing do Hello, Dolly? You know how many times? Enough to buy a mansion. Right. She lives in a freaking mansion. And you think she has a mortgage on that thing? No. You know, how many times do, do, you know, did Barbara Streisand sing people? She doesn't care. She literally has a shopping mall in her basement. Like when you get to the point where every week they write you a check, you kind of go, eh, whatever. 
Right. And in fact, some of the bits that I've become famous for at Disney, I have put into my stand-up show in a non-Disney way so people could still at least get the feel of heckling me at the theme park. Well, I always thought it no. might make you a better actor because you're acting like you care. <laughs> you're acting like you want to do it while acting in the show. I know. That's what always made me laugh. Like people are like, well, do you get mad when we come to Disney and and – do you get mad? I'm going to say it again because I just poured it into that cup. Do you get mad when we come to Disney and shout at you on stage? No. It's part of the job. Like, like it happens every day. Yeah. Oh, my favorite are, can you – do you know when we come to the show – I did a show, five shows a day, five days a week for six years was one of my gigs. The house sat a thousand people. And people would ask me, do you know when we come to you? No, I, don't I don't. I'm so sorry. I don't. Unless you're in the front row or with a service dog. If, you, if you're there with a service dog, I know you're there because I freaking love dogs. But aside from that, I don't know you're there. Yeah. And I never thought about this subject at all until I watched Hamilton uh, that was <sighs> on, you know, streaming. And I watched it for the first time ever. And I was like. They say that many words every single night. Like how oh. how can that be? How can you? Well, when you're doing a show, it it's so much fun. You're like, yeah, let's do this. Or at least that's been my experience. Well, of course. How many of those shows did you do, Charlesy? Oh, how many not, performances? You know that two I mean, times. Nothing, nothing along like the lines of you. It was just like in college, you know, spring. Uh, and that's where summer, those are the know. those are the shows where I don't get the anxiety 100 percent because honest to God, that is fun and exciting. <laughs> it's the shows that I have made a career on. Yeah. I mean, like it, it gets it gets old. Now, you don't let the audience know that you're sick and tired of it. Right. You can't let your <laughs> management know you're sick and tired of it, but you get sick and tired of it. But talk about words. Kenny, I'm going to tell you. I don't know why, but I was cast at Disney, one of my shows, in the Polynesian Luau as an authentic Hawaiian. Interesting. And <laughs> one of the songs I had to learn was Hawaiian Roller Coaster Ride. And I <gasps> know, still know all of the Hawaiian, still to this day. Aviki viki mai loi loi lave mak papahe na lupi ina lulu la 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 ha oka moana ha nupa nupa la 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 ikala hana hana meke kaioke neke puniuni hele hele mai kakue Hawaiian roller coaster ride. So when you say, how do they remember all those words? How can we forget? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, you probably got that gig because you. I assume you had like batons that were on fire when you went in for the audition and spun them around, right? Uh, ironically, by mistake. <laughs> it was a comedy of errors, to be completely frank. No, it there was a comedic role in the show. And I know this sounds so stupid, but there's just not enough funny people in Orlando. And what's crazy is that not funny people 
will get cast in funny roles just because they have a good relationship with casting directors. And so I think they wanted somebody legitimately funny. And I knew I was doing a good job in the role when the band, who are all 100% traditional Hawaiian musicians, they befriended me and invited me to the potlucks. And that's when I knew, listen, I'm, I may be white, but at least I'm accepted. Now, I'm pretty confident that when that show reopens, there's no way in hell that they'll have me back because we're, then, we're not doing that kind of stuff anymore. All right. Awkward talk. You tell me where you want to go. <laughs> I know, I'm, like, I'm like, should we expand on that? Probably not. No, we don't, we don't. <laughs> There's nothing uh, humorous about racism, but the fact of the matter is it definitely exists. And it certainly existed, you know, at Disney. That's for sure. Okay. Hecklers. How often and how do you deal with them? I would say hecklers happen at every single one of my shows, and I love 100% bringing them into the show because I feel like I can school them better than ignore them. And 99% of the time that works, and usually they become super fans after that. Well, do you know in advance that there's going to be hecklers or do they just pop up? They just pop up. So no one's like yelling at you in advance or anything. And you're like, oh, (laughs) they're going to get it. I would say at this point, I have become so used to getting heckled at every single show. People want that kind of audience interaction that I would be surprised if I did a show and didn't get heckled. That's awesome. When you when you come up with your new your new shows or materials without having access to the stage, how do you. How do you run through the material and just like get it down? So whenever something funny happens to my life, I put it down in my notes app. And I'll tell that story. For instance, now I'm using happy hour. Happy hour is really easy. I'll use my, I do a a virtual happy hour two times a week. And I use that kind of as like a dartboard to see if it'll stick. If it's a big story, like for instance, I, well, I shouldn't tell that story because I've been I have been asked to not put that in my stand-up show. <laughs> trying to think of the most recent thing that that happened that we talked about at Happy Hour. Anyway, when something happens, I bring it up. I tell the story to people, and when it gets enough of a response from an, a certain amount of people, then it gets added to the I'm putting this in my stand-up act uh, list, and that list then becomes like a master puzzle and you kind of just slowly, I don't know how anybody else does this. This is how, this is my process. And I take that giant group of funny stories and I see if I can connect them. And if I can't, the story's out. If I can, it comes together. And if you've seen my stand, uh, some of my stand-up shows, it's not just a stand-up show. It's a I almost cursed. I promised you I wouldn't curse. <laughs> it's, it is because I use music. I have underscoring through all of my stories. My dear friend, John DeHaas plays piano. I don't know any other stand-up act that uses a piano in it unless they're actually playing too. I use the piano and the music and all of my stories as a through line. And I create almost an off-Broadway style one-man show. Okay. 
And how long does it take to actually come up with the full show? Like from it happened to me to here it is on stage. Like the plan and. I mean, you know, it's always ebbing and flowing, but I would say the show maybe like six weeks, you know, a month, something like that. If you told me that I had to do a brand new stand-up show in four weeks, I could make that happen. Okay. And then when, when people come to see your show, it's a whole, your whole family's involved. Like your parents sell tickets, yeah, your daughter's running around, your husband helps, right? You know, my mom in high school, my mom is a CPA, but in high school, well, her whole life, essentially, she was a stay-at-home mom. And so when I was in high school, I got a job at Taco Bell. And my mom thought it would be funny to also get a job at Taco Bell and just because she was bored. <laughs> and so we worked together at Taco Bell together. So at my stand-up show, she sells concessions. My dad sells – excuse me. My dad gives out wine for free and you can donate money to that cause if you'd like but it's certainly not necessary that's the legality of selling wine at my stand-up show Uh, and my husband ran a movie theater for 20 years he deals with the tickets i also have an intern that does front of house and then i had a really good merch team but i think they've gotten too big i'm not sure if they'll still be doing my shows so if that's the case i would either hire somebody to handle my merch and just do the merch myself or move my mom or my dad over to the merch table, which I think is exciting because that's more, it's more fun that way. So do you have like a residency then? Like you stay in the same place basically? Yes. Yes. And I know it sounds silly, but I live in a very tiny town and we have a 120 seat theater in the middle of town that is used basically for town hall meetings and like birthday parties and things, but it's a theater and they rent it to us for dirt cheap. And so, yeah, I have a residency here in the town of Windermere. Nice. And it's become really exciting for me because I've also started producing other people's content. Now I've only done that once, but but that was like pre pandemic, like literally the 21st of March, 2020 was mine. And I sold his show out. And so I was able to cut him a check and sell out his show. Now we didn't get to do the show, but I st- the I'm I'm not the best person on the face of the earth, but I try to at least be a good guy. So everybody that was working my stand-up shows that got canceled, everybody got paid. The theater got paid, my techs got paid. You know, my parents don't get paid, so they <laughs> <laughs> take that, mom and dad. Remember that time you grounded me? No money for you. <laughs> You know, that's my, that's, listen, that is my favorite part about my parents working for me is I've never had to pay them a cent (laughs) ever. Yeah. They're just bored. (laughs) No, no, they're most definitely bored. You know, my father's retired. My, my mom still works part time, but it's crazy to me. Like they've worked their while he's worked his whole life and my mom raised us. So there's money. There's enough money for them to live a normal life into the grave. And my mom still works just because she's bored. So you talked about your mom being a stay-at-home mom. You're a stay-at-home dad at this point. Kenny and I are stay-at-home parents. You know, my my I'm on the other end of it. My kids are older now, but Kenny's got a little one at home. You have a little one. How hard is it for you to get that work-life balance now that you're at home having to create and care for a very young child. 
well, that I mean, also needs your attention. It's 1115 and I'm working. So there's part of your answer. You also asked me on a really, today was a great day. Yesterday was a really hard day. And there are days where I need to just work and there's no way to do it with Charlotte at home. For instance, my cooking shows happen and Charlotte is here. She's present. So for the first three years of her life, we were anti-screen and now I'm shoving an iPad in her face and it drives me absolutely insane because I don't think that's the right thing. But also I don't think starving or missing a mortgage payment is the right thing. So there is a weird balance. Well, if you're trying to be creative, yeah, I think it's like it, whenever you need that moment, it's like, okay, go watch uh, Ryan or <laughs> whatever, you know, whatever the kids thing is now. But Blippy, it's freaking Blippy. She's watching Blippy. Every, every day we get on Zoom and we're working and he does his little thing and we both stop and we go, Blippy. <laughs> It's it, and you know what's crazy? It's I've done some research. Did you know Blippy does live shows, and it's not Blippy? Uh, I knew he got oh. in trouble for some of his videos back in the day that he keeps trying to get striked off the internet, but they keep popping well, he, up and he keeps suing. But yeah, <laughs> he paid he paid a company to wipe all of his old videos off the off the internet. Yes, that is correct. But, but is I it think that kind of stuff? I don't know what oh. those videos are. I. <laughs> what were they? I, they're they're uh, more of adult content. We'll say it's just dirty humor and stuff. Is that is that more what he's like without Blippy? He's like a I'm yes, yeah. but like also, can you imagine if you didn't know that I was a stand up comedian at Disney, and then one of this is why I don't let people film my stand up shows where I didn't. Now I don't care. I'm my own boss. <laughs> but before, I was always worried. Like, what if somebody heard me say a really nasty word at one of my stand-up shows and it went viral and then they brought it up to Disney. And for the longest time, I wasn't out of the closet at Disney. I mean, I was out to my coworkers and, but not to my fans because I was so concerned that somebody would hate me so much for being gay that they would like lie to Disney and say I did something and get me fired. And so I, I wasn't out for the longest time. In fact, I have you. I did started a YouTube show a long time ago, and I recently I haven't been doing it for a while. But my co-star wanted me out, and I, you know, just so I could be more authentic. And I decided not to be out. And so I would tell stories like this. I would say, "My significant other and I." <laughs> it was just so forced and not real, and whatever. Spare to be yourself <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Well, and once you're yourself, you get more of a following. Like my following literally quadrupled when I came. I mean, and I didn't do like an official, I'm coming out. <laughs> I just started talking about my husband and my, my daughter and my, because it's like all of that baloney doesn't need to exist. We should just be us and that's it. Yeah. Authenticity, authenticity is definitely the key to just. I mean, it would have been great if you would have gotten like 80 pounds of dynamite like that one people did with the uh, gender <laughs> reveal. You should have done that and just exploded everything. <laughs> just glitter. Rainbow glitter I, everywhere. I have heard so much about that explosion because I recently went viral because there was a loud bang outside of my house. And I just happened to be outside in front of my doorbell when that happened. And so my reaction to my daughter went viral. And everybody has messaged me. Was it? 
the gender reveal. No, we live in Orlando. But the problem is there's like 50,000 comments on that video. And I'm not even exaggerating. No. That's literally the number. And there's no, no one's going to read all those comments. So my favorite people will be like, is anybody going to ask what that noise was? And I want to type back so badly. Yes. Everyone. Every, yes, everybody. 20,000 people have, but you're not going to read those comments because there's 20,000 comments. <laughs> also, when you go viral on TikTok, it does not, or anywhere in that matter, it doesn't matter who you are as a human being. People hate you. Yep. Yeah. We've had many talks about what we feel should be off limits, you know, for, for what we're doing. And it's definitely a fine line when you're trying not to get canceled. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you right now, a rule in comedy is never make fun of some somebody for something they can't change about themselves. That's a good one. Yeah, it makes sense. So, yeah. you know, don't make fun of somebody's race, somebody's gender, somebody's sexual orientation, somebody's nose size, right. somebody's, you know, you can make fun of facial hair, you can make fun of somebody's, you know, hair color, whatever, but don't make fun of my favorite, <laughs> one of the, one of the, my comedic partners, we were doing a show and she started making fun of somebody for wearing sunglasses inside. And I was like, stop, stop, stop. Yep. She left the stage and she was like, why were you so abrupt? That was so rude. The audience was laughing. It was great. And I said, he was holding a red, <laughs> white cane. The man was blind. You were making fun of a blind man. Oh, man. Context matters. <laughs> Actually, on that same respect, there was another guy I was working with, and this is an old school bit, and I'm almost positive after COVID and during all of the eye openers that has happened since COVID, I think this probably isn't an acceptable joke anymore, but forever you would go up to a woman and they'd be celebrating their birthday and you'd say something to the ex extent of how no it's rude to ask a woman her age how much do you weigh and that's the joke <laughs> so i'm working with this guy and he, and he walks up to a woman and she's she's probably 400 pounds and he says it's rude to and he stopped himself and he looked her dead in the eyes realizing that she was morbidly obese other than saying, you know, normally you would just say how old, whatever, like save it. He just said, he just said the only thing that came out of his mouth was ma'am, how much do you weigh? And it was like, Oh God. Oh my word. What was her reaction? Uh, guest services. <laughs> uh, she, she stayed at Cinderella Castle that night. They oh, probably man. lifted her into the castle. To be frank, I mean, like it, she got whatever she wanted. She, she's she pro she's probably the majority stockholder of Walt Disney World right now. <laughs> I mean, that's the human condition, though. You go, don't say the wrong thing. Don't say the wrong. It's like when someone goes, don't think of a white elephant, and then you obviously think of a white elephant. <laughs> it's like, if you go, don't, don't say this line. Moly, 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 moly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, don't say the wrong thing, and then you say the wrong thing automatically without even thinking about it. That's my favorite thing in the world. But that's what we do as human beings. That's 100% what we do. Yeah. I, I have literally thousands of those stories where people have said the wrong thing, and at Disney. Oh, man, I'm sure. And everything was comped afterwards. 
I feel a little guilty. We haven't talked about Pennsylvania at all. Uh, well, uh, we can segue now. I mean, I was just about <laughs> to say, well, is there anything else that we want to talk about with <laughs> acting and everything else? I'm sure we'll uh, ask you back at some point because there's plenty here, I think. I think there's plenty more to expand upon. But yeah, this is a travel podcast. Ultimately, even though we want to talk to, to uh, famous and interesting Pennsylvanians. So you're not a Pennsylvania now, but you were. So can you tell us a little bit about that? How, like you're in Florida now, but how, yes. Where did you make birth, sir? (laughs) I was born, I was born in a hospital in Philadelphia. And then my parents drove me across the bridge and I lived in South Jersey till I was 13. My father relocated us to Allentown, technically McCungee, Pennsylvania. And we were in one of the first homes that existed in our little McCungee town. And now there's like thousands of subdivisions. And I went to high school there. And then I was offered a full ride at a small liberal arts college in the Poconos called Wilkes University. And I did four years there. So I did eight years in Pennsylvania. And I will tell you, the air is never as fresh as it is Growing up in Pennsylvania, down here in Florida, um, my allergies are much better down here than they were in Pennsylvania. I was in the Lehigh Valley, so we always got all of the pollen just kind of like landed and never <laughs> went anywhere. Yeah. See, Charlie made fun of me because on episode like four, the Westchester episode, I was talking to my friend about allergies in Pennsylvania. And she's like, oh, you talked about it for like 40 minutes. And I'm like, it was, okay. It was Two. It was two minutes. It was two minutes. But it still drove her nuts. And I'm like, no, you'll find out when you move here why we oh, talked about like, it so much. It's but intense. Moving, Especially as an from- actor, you know, you would do a show and you would literally lose your voice. Did you do pineapple because, juice? Uh, pineapple juice. Are you juice, familiar with that? Oh, okay. Tea. Uh, the best was thro- there's a special tea for singers called throat coat throat tea. Coat. Yeah, licorice. Yeah. Yep. And marshmallow root. It's disgusting. It's absolutely do the, but it really works. The uh, Hall's Breezers, they're like a hybrid cough drop. We used to like pass them behind our backs. One of the guys would have them in their pockets. And between songs, like when we did musicals, the guys would pass, we would literally pass them behind our backs to everybody and just kind of pop them in. And <laughs> I became, Hall's are actually like super bad for you as a singer. Oh, yeah. Because- because they numb your cords. But I became super, super obsessed with cough drops at Disney. And I, and there would be months at a time where I couldn't, I couldn't do a show without a cough drop in my mouth. And I never thought I would be able to give it up until I swallowed one whole in the middle. (laughs) I mean, I saw white, I thought I was going to choke and die. And my fat behind just, (laughs) I mean, sucked it into my stuff <laughs> and I made it. You're like, not today. <laughs> not today, Lord. Not today. These people, the show must go on. <laughs> yeah, it always so must we, go we on. Def- we definitely had to look up how to say McCun. M- I can't even say McCunji. I My best friend growing up from South Jersey when I moved, her dad was a pastor and he would always say, Oh, Oh, my McCungie's acting up. <laughs> and I says, you know, Mr. Westermeyer, it's McCungie. It's McCungie. But you know, my 
celebrity chef crush, Gina, skinny taste, her husband's family is from Akanji. So that's kind of how we wow. befriended and have become close on the social medias. Skinny taste has amazing recipes. We, when we lived up in Chicagoland, we had a couple of our friends stayed with us for several months while they were like saving up for a house. And she busted out the chicken pot pie soup. And to this day, it's, it's the best soup I've ever had. It's amazing. I'm making macaroni and cheese soup tomorrow. No, Monday on my show. But we just made the most amazing coconut poached chicken with bok choy and shiitake mushrooms. And this dish was out of this world. Sounds good. That sounds good. And she featured it. She featured it. I mean, that was like so exciting for me. That's awesome. So so what are you making on Thursday the 6th? Thursday the 6th <laughs> is not something we've chosen yet. We will decide that. That happens after she goes to bed on Monday nights is when we do do uh, show prep. So I'll, I'll find out on, on Monday what we're making on Thursday. <laughs> Basically. For the episode I sponsored. <laughs> yes. Or Tuesday morning. Well, there you go. Back to McCungie. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, when was the last time you did live there? So I haven't lived at home since graduating high school. Well, that's not technically true. I did a summer at a small dinner theater in Kutztown, Pennsylvania. That's no longer there. It was called the... Ah, shoot. The theater that's no longer here. It was named after the owner, Blatt's Dinner Theater. Ah. And it was a Pennsylvania Dutch-style dinner theater. Fiddler on the Roof, huge Jewish musical, did really well back in the 60s. And so the Amish thought that they could have a show written. So they basically wrote the Amish version of Fiddler on the Roof, and it's called Plain and Fancy. And (laughs) I swear to God I'm not making this up. This musical was done every single summer at this theater. So because I had professional credits on my resume, they paid me more than I would have made at my, what would have been a summer job. So I lived at home. And I worked in Kutztown, which was about 45 minutes from Makungi, and <laughs> did professional theater. And they paid me more than I would have gotten, you know, working a 40-hour work week in a summer job. It was, like, the best experience. Plus, I got to eat traditional Quaker food. So good. Yeah. All the, I lived in Lancaster area, and all that Amish food is just amazing. Downhill so if cooking. you lived in Lancaster, did, did you, do you know what I'm talking about, that theater? Do you know that theater? Uh, no. Uh, I don't think it was there when I was there. Maybe. It's definitely not there anymore. And I know they, they sold it. And then the son, he started his own theater, who I've actually kept in touch with. And he started his own theater in Allentown. Okay. Yeah. So are you more familiar with the goings on in Allentown, like the institutions there and things? Or could you uh, tell us some things about McCungie's still that might still be there to this day because you said there wasn't a whole lot there when you were growing up i mean i can tell you the best nacho you're gonna have in the world sure i mean 
in the world. Let me write this down. Making this up to the point where I actually have stopped there on family trips. And my family's like, like, don't you want to go to Fridays? I'm like, no, nobody wants to go to Fridays. Like, please, like, get a grip. I don't understand who needs to hear this. But chain restaurants suck. Let's find something good. But our favorite restaurant that we used to go to when I was a kid, when families retire, sometimes they don't continue the business. Sometimes they just close. There's no like point in continuing, you know, Mr. You know, Mr. Chili's isn't going to retire. They're still going to be buy one, get one free (laughs) at the bar. So they closed and, and, but this place it's called the chicken lounge. And every time I sent somebody there, there was like, it was, it, it was a dive. It was gross. It was disgusting. I said, did you get the nachos? They said, yes, it was the best nacho I have ever had in my life. And what this bar does, and it is a bar, they don't have a grill. It's just a freaking microwave. (laughs) Like fryer, like you can't get like mozzarella sticks. They take, they make the nachos out of Doritos. And it sounds so simple. So they don't make the nachos. (laughs) They're already made. (laughs) They assemble them. (laughs) They assemble them. Nachos assemble. It's like ice cream scoop of guac and like so much sour cream and so much cheese. And it's just like, and jalapenos. It is the best nachos I've ever had. I have literally driven two, three hours. I have flown home specifically. Now there's really nobody to go home to, but I've flown home specifically to eat these these nachos. The only reason I said yes to doing a Pennsylvania podcast is to have a reason to talk about these nachos. Well, we're all glad you did because <laughs> I'm going to go there. We are definitely going I hope your listeners do. I mean, for real, I hope you and your listeners, I hope you get a chance to go eat those nachos and then message me and say, yes, you were right. Because I, for real, I'm not just saying this. I've never had a better nacho. And I've been to Mexico several times. Yeah. I mean, I'll judge it versus like Southern <laughs> California and Texas. We'll find out. But uh, it sounds pretty I mean, good. You're not going to poop for a week, but it's going to be worth it. <laughs> that's always worth it to me. <laughs> Nobody likes doing that. I can. Well, I that's my time for me. That's my me time. Is pooping? <laughs> yeah. You get on your phone forever and, you know, get away. <laughs> I'm on, I see. I'm on my phone always. So it's that, like pooping. I'm on my phone. I have become so addicted to the phone that I, I will bring it into the shower. Whoa, for real! I'm like like TikToking in the shower. Are you the, like are I, you one of those paper or uh, plastic bag guys? No, oh, I okay. have the uh, I have the case. I, uh, long story short, that OtterBox case. Yeah. I put that on my phone because my husband. We were in Key West, and my husband broke his phone. I said, "I will buy you another phone, but." If you break it, you get a flip phone. Like that was like the deal. <laughs> That's a good threat so nowadays. So he put it That's in an otter box. <laughs> and this is before I had an iPhone. He put put the phone in an otter box. He left it on the roof of the car. And it we found it from find my iPhone on the computer the, in the middle of the highway, 10 miles from where we were. And we went to pick it up. Phone was fine. Case was destroyed. Phone was fine. Wow. We wrote Otterbox. Otterbox sent us a brand new case. No questions asked. I will always have my phone in this case. And for real, we don't get insurance on our phones. Our insurance is the $60 case. And that's it. Yeah, those cases time. are like the gorilla glue of cases. Pretty much. <laughs> you know, that's what I use on my hair. And so far, so good. Yeah, it's looking good. 
Thank you. I was going to ask you about that. Was that otter or was that acrylic glue? Um, <laughs> what about some other things to do in that whole region that you used to like doing growing up that might still be there? I feel dumb because a lot of stuff might not still be there, but I worked at Muhlenberg Summer Theater. And again, this is based off of what I remember. It felt like Broadway when I was working there. And I had seen shows there post working there and it still was Broadway quality, but also they could be crap. I don't, I can't vouch, but from what I feel like is good, Muhlenberg summer theater, which is just like a, like a summer stock that was really good. And that was in Allentown and, uh, Muhlenberg is still there. FYI. Muhlenberg <laughs> is still there. That's good. So hopefully they're still doing their summer theater program. And then there was a festival that I used to sing at that was super fun, a music festival that I can't remember <laughs> the name of. Not Music Fest, was it? I think it was Music in, Fest. In Bethlehem? Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Boom. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you're, you're going to think I'm making this up, but in my senior year of high school, my friends and I got out of classes by going class to class and Christmas caroling. We didn't do it to be nice. We didn't feel like <laughs> going to class. And so we stopped by my history teacher's class specifically because he was a DILF and he was so sexy. And, you know, I wasn't out and my friend John wasn't out, but the girls, you know, they could like guys. So we went for him. We sang for him. He called us into his classroom the next day and invited us to be in his band <laughs> this what is kind of band they were a 1950s 1960s cover band so there was they played and we sang and i got to do like elvis big bopper all those character songs mm -hmm. and cool. we would go and play legitimately like weddings and bar mitzvahs and i would get paid a hundred dollars a night which sounds like nothing now i wouldn't do anything for less than five i mean i'm not doing anything for less than 500 bucks but when you're in high school that's in that's high school money. you know how many freaking yeah. trips to the chicken lounge a hundred dollars <laughs> would get me yeah, I DJed for six years. I was a DJ assistant. I set up the lighting setup and everything, and I only got $40. So I know what 100 would have been to me back then. Jeez. <laughs> well, and if I was getting 100 bucks, what were those teachers getting? Yeah. You know they were ripping us off 100%. Totally. <laughs> so, yeah, and then I can't believe it, but freaking Music Fest was like, you guys should come play. And we did. I played Music Fest and I was like, hello, baby, chantilly lace with a pretty face. And then some lady bought me a cake. I don't know why. What did you I use remember. for the phone? Did you pull out your cell phone and talk into it? Yeah, but it was, I mean, <laughs> I was, so I was 18. So it was like a Nokia for real. Yeah, a brick. <laughs> the indestructible phones. I remember like calling my mom to get the sound of the ring. I mean, those things never died, though. They were tanks. I, I probably could still make a phone call on that phone. Yeah, that's why they went out of business. They made their phones too good. But Allentown, 
Bethlehem, like that area is, I mean, there's definitely sketch parts, but it's pretty freaking charming. Makunji mm-hmm. is like a farm. Still? Well, now it's just all subdivisions. Like burbs. There's, yeah. There's really no charm there left anymore. Like I'm obsessed with a town that in Orlando that I lived in because our our residents are so old school. They approved at a town hall meeting this I can't think of it. What is it called? Not a winery, a brewery mm-hmm. to go into town. And Gladys heard from Evelyn at breakfast at Dixie Cream that it's very possible that they want to stay open till midnight. And that's not approved at the town. And it's like, this is why we will never have anything cool in our town. We have a pizza place. We have a coffee shop. We have a diner. We have an ice cream parlor. And that's it. Yeah, that's my that's that's the secret to having a town grow. Uh, I've said this on the podcast before. You need. A, a coffee shop and you need a craft brewing place. If you don't have those well, things, you're not going to explode. They have approval. And the idea is they're going to share a kitchen with the local restaurant, which would be amazing because their food is amazing. I don't care about beer. I will never drink beer. I want a place to take my daughter to dinner that I could walk to. And that would be amazing. But well, and the brewery, the brewery culture is very much family oriented. So that's the perfect thing to go in there. I, they're it's, just worried about noise, and it's like <laughs> I, I don't understand. I, have, that my have you ever been to a restaurant that was too loud? Yeah, several. <laughs> well, maybe I'm wrong. I just I I felt like. You're complaining about a restaurant and we have a restaurant. Right. And it's I've never heard it. So what would the issue be of having another restaurant just at a different hour? Someone should take care I of mean, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just so glad I'm I'm attached to this group chat because this is kind of the kind of stuff where if I find this funny enough, I'm just gonna read it at my stand-up show. <laughs> what about um so what did you like about the Allentown area that you said it was charming? Well, you know, the homes are cute and there's a lot of things that are walkable. I really enjoyed the downtown area of Wilkes-Barre. They had to this day, the best sandwich I've ever had at a small deli called, you know, the, the center of the town was called the square. It was called circle on the square was the name of the deli. And they had a brie, a ham and brie sandwich that was to die for. And all of their sandwiches were puns. So this was called Genoa Good Lawyer. <laughs> That's very punny. <laughs> yes. I love I loved that place. But I that's the kind of stuff that I that I fell in love with. I never really was a huge fan of like Papa John's or Chili's or TGI Fridays or any of that stuff. That wasn't that never did it for me. Yeah, we try to not talk about like chains that often unless it's like a mom and pop smaller type chain in an area. I mean, even then they can get although I should shouldn't say that. My husband works for <laughs> a mom and pop small chain, but like the owner of the company comes in and helps serve once in a blue moon and they're very he's very hands-on and the product is really good. Yeah, the original ones always are, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> always. Yeah. Well, 
um yeah i am really glad that you came on because <laughs> I, I i don't know i just didn't know what to expect she's like oh you gotta talk to him he's really great and i'm like I believe you, but I don't, I, I'm not too familiar. So, um, I wanted to make sure that I didn't watch like anything in advance, except I saw your stories thing. And I just wanted to like get you completely cold Turkey. Cause that's how you get to know people in my opinion. Well, and a hundred percent Pennsylvania was, and still is a huge part of who I am and what I do. So I'm glad to help out fellow Pennsylvanians and, you know, I my brother and his girlfriend and their two kids still live there and they just bought a house in Mukunji, so I will definitely be back and begging to go to your nacho place. That's all I want. All, all, I, all I'm saying is maybe we need to get Ben on a spot when we film going to Chicken Lounge. I'm just saying. There you go. I'm just saying. Anytime I can write off a trip, I <laughs> I will, I'm all, I'm wholeheartedly, like for instance, I took a whole week off from my business in June to go to the beach. And my mom was like, you know, if you just do one show, you could write off a huge chunk of that beach rental. So I'm going to be doing a show live from the beach. <laughs> I mean, that's what Adam See, Sandler that- does, right? He writes horrible movies so that he can take trips. That's what he, I've heard him say when I worked out in LA is he, that's what he does. Absolute genius. And why wouldn't you? I mean, honestly, why wouldn't you? If you're if somebody's going to make money off your product and you can and you can write it off, why don't you? I mean, people can say what they want about politicians or whatever, but if they're not paying taxes, somebody's done something to, you know, legally allow them to not pay taxes. Yeah. I mean, is it fair? I don't know, but <clears throat> please, like, let me do it too, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess 51st dates. That was his Hawaiian get- getaway. Oh, man. So so we need to do crossover episodes. It's been, has been in Hawaii. Um, yeah. Uh, we're getting <laughs> towards the end. So I guess we do have to depart. But before we do that, uh, do you want to plug all your socials again and everything like that? Please join me for all of my content on my Instagram at Equity Ben, my TikTok at Equity.Ben, my pitiful YouTube channel at Equity Ben, or even on a Eventbrite at Equity Ben for when we start doing our live shows here in Windermere. Don't forget the book. Oh, and if you'd like, on Amazon, you could purchase my children's book. It's called Goody Ben Makes Lemonade. We've sold a ton of copies, and it is a lovely children's book that teaches children you're going to have a bad day, there's nothing wrong about that, and life will get better. I feel like kids need to know that that early. My issue was I read 300 children's books, and none of them said that. And so I felt like I was lying to my kid and I needed to write something that was real yeah. because I didn't know that growing up. Yeah. Like I think the state of mental health in the world today, it's like, uh, I always thought it was weird that we never had a psychology class until I went to college. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very important. 
There's a lot. I mean, listen, I think we're doing, if you think about it, the grand scheme of education is, is, is still in its baby process, right? Like education has only really been around for what, like at most 200 years, like at most, like in this state, why aren't we teaching about taxes and why are we teaching about car maintenance and, oh. you know, I have been dealing with a dishwasher issue for literally 14 <laughs> months. Like I don't know anything. Listen, uh, before we go, all of my followers want to know the name of your podcast, and I don't want to mess it up. Yeah. It, the PA Traveler. Uh, it's PA, Not the PA Traveler podcast, but all the handles for our socials are at the, the PA Traveler because somebody else had it and they don't use it. But well, well, yeah, we're in the exactly. same situation. So we, I wanted to keep it consistent on all platforms. So it's just at the PA Traveler. At the PA Traveler to listen to the PA podcast. Yeah. And, you, and can, also, you can get to our website and our bio links everywhere. Right. And also, right now, we're kind of getting, we're trying to get a backlog. So we're editing the newest um, episodes now. So we'll be starting to really release the newer stuff. So the first five are video on the website and you can stream them on pretty much any platform that you choose imaginable known to man <laughs> yeah <laughs> well listen kenny if you don't have a tiktok i would definitely suggest at least getting the screen name tonight okay <laughs> yeah I told you i told you <laughs> that's that's a good thing. you don't have to do anything with it but then also if you have this edited throwing a 15 second clip on tiktok of something that you've talked about boom done yeah, I don't, and I if, don't quite understand if, it, but I do want to learn. So I'm like a total boomer in that respect. <laughs> I'm like not a millennial. I was so against it until I found out that there was another fake account with me out there with 100,000 followers. And I was like, uh, 100,000? Oh, my so gosh. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm going to do this. <laughs> and within four, four months, I have now 200,000. So some, you know, it is, a, it's a, I'm very much enjoying the platform. That's great. But you do you, I'm not going to tell you how to do your business. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure Charlie will be sending you uh, little questions. Hey, what should we do? Help us grow. <laughs> I, I had you a, and Trey. I had, a guru. I had a guru. In fact, I think he's watching right now. Oh, okay. Can, can we give, Trey all day a shout out because he's amazing on TikTok also. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ben, thank you so much from the bottom of both of our hearts for being on here with us. We know we're very, very young in this whole starting out thing. And we really appreciate you helping us out by coming on and doing the live stream on TikTok. So thank you. Well, listen, when people used to ask me to be on their podcast, I would send them to my agent. I would give them, you know, a price. The fact of the matter is I don't have a full-time job anymore. All press is good press. So in my humble opinion, helping out a friend is the best payment. And you're a friend. Well, thank you. And we'll and take Kenny, that pay. Too. So I don't know <laughs> Pennsylvania you are, but when I come, you better join me for some nachos. Okay. I'm in the central, central PA area, the Altoona so, State College region. So we're going to have to come to you. So Ooh. what are you like 2.5 from Allentown? About. Yeah. Yep. I was a lot closer when I lived near Lancaster. 
I was in Lidditz. We never even talked about, I went to Pennsylvania Governor's School for the Arts. We never talked about that. Well, you have me on again. <laughs> we'll, we, we, there's a lot more to talk about. Yeah, that'll just... be great. And everyone awesome. who's listening, you might see him on the show. That would be great, too. Yeah, awesome. All right, thank you. Thank you. Of course. All right, bye-bye. Bye, bye-bye. <laughs>